Welcome to episode 37 of Reactive. My name is Henning, and I'm here with Raquel. Hi, everyone. Hello. How are you? I am very good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, our, our wonderful listeners may notice that, again, there's only two of us. Only this time, you're back, having negotiated with a raccoon. And, uh, and Khalil is out, currently hanging out in a, in a, in a panda sanctuary. Um, you know, doing some Zen Buddhist meditation. And he's going to be really chill when he gets back. I see. So he needs he needs uh, a little bit of uh, uh, relaxation, I guess. I mean, look. From the, all the stress. Dude's doing a ton of things. He has like six podcasts and like four musical endeavors. And I mean, I think there's a restaurant running out of his house right now. I don't know. There's just so many <laughs> things going on that it's like, dude, you got to chill. Fair so enough. So he's taking some time off. Good deal. So he's chewing on some uh, bamboo shoots with pandas. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Uh, well, uh, my negotiations with the uh, raccoon were, were successful. I got my, my laptop back. Yay! But um, actually, yeah, it's that was a really nice, fun story, but it's, uh, it's actually much more boring than that. I just simply forgot it uh, in the doctor's office in the waiting room. So, I don't know, between that sort of, I don't know, lapse in judgment or whatever you want to call it, brain fart, and the issues I've been having with Fido, basically saying for weeks that there haven't been any reviews, <laughs> when it's just a matter of me not scrolling down far enough. And by the way, I now see that the, the online version or the web version of it is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm going to be using that. But anyway, I think... Um, that's sort of a, a sign for me. I need I need to take a break too. Maybe I should go join Khalil in the panda sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and and you have a newborn, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, I think you have the excuse of having I do. a newborn. I do. Like yeah. it's just you, you're fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> this is normal. I yes. mean. Yeah, and and I would like to point out that that you accusing me of making up random stories to explain my co-host's absences <laughs> is preposterous. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious! We all know uh, that you actually negotiated with the raccoon, but you were too embarrassed because what really happened is that you didn't offer him anything very good, so you had to basically grab the laptop and scamper away like a raccoon yourself. And and that embarrassment has caused you to come up with this other completely ridiculous story about being uh, under, like, without any, enough sleep and, uh, you know, tired and, and scatterbrained. <clears throat> you got so that, me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Khalil is definitely hanging out with pandas right now. Absolutely. Chewing on some bamboo. <clears throat> Absolutely. He's not doing anything with JavaScript whatsoever. Nope. 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 <laughs> Nope. It's not like there's like a group of people hanging out talking about JavaScript at the same time. No. Exactly. Silly. That's not happening. No. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what's going on this week? Well, um, nothing too exciting. Work is um, well. I'm deal. I'm wrangling the the enterprise monster at work, mm. which is uh, Salesforce. Um, doing a, an API integration there and. Basically, that thing is sort of sneaking in and is going to replace pretty much all of our projects that are sort of custom and PHP-related, <clears throat> which, you know, from a business standpoint, I completely understand. But uh, so I, I think the writing is kind of on the wall. So, 
We shall see. So I have I have coworkers who like they basically make these little uh, uh, Tumblr blogs of the like ridiculous inane things that Salesforce tells you to do or asks you to do or warns you ca- you cannot do, and they're just like. This is wasting so much of my time. <laughs> Did you know, for example, that if you were to send uh, like a form, has a last name, a first name and a last name, and if you accidentally don't include one of those elements in the form, required or not, if you don't if you don't include some value for it, so let's say you know Madonna decided to sign up for NPM, if you put in Madonna and then no last name, Salesforce wouldn't even collect the data. They just be like, oh no, no, no data came through. As oh, opposed that's nice. to, as opposed to just filling it in with anything else, like monkey, like just fill in the empty blank with the monkey. If that's so hard, I mean, I don't think that Madonna would appreciate being called Madonna Monkey, but you know, there's got to be a better way than just dropping the data on the floor. Yeah, that would that would be wouldn't be good. <laughs> Basically. What's happened here is you've, you've hit a little bit of like a little nerve <laughs> when it comes to sales. Yeah, I, I like, can see that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I have stories like that too. And, and um, you know, it's, I think, I guess the way I look at it is, is like right now there, you know, I started out with, it was basically me and another guy and we, we wrote pretty much all the internal systems custom in PHP when the company was still very small. He joined when it was, I think, about 30 people. I came on board when it was about two or 300, and now they're over 1,000. And um, there's been a few more developers, you know, over the few, over a few years. But, but basically, it's two, three, maybe four people, you know, <clears throat> developing all this stuff. And, and there's, I guess that's, you know, for an enterprise that size, that's kind of risky. So, to bring in, um, I guess there's what's it called the the bus factor, you know, getting mm-hmm. hit by the bus. Yeah. Um, so bringing in something like Salesforce, where you can easily find people to do stuff for you, regardless of how exorbitant the cost for that is, it's still, I guess, from a business perspective, maybe safer um, when you compare it to you know a handful of guys being responsible <laughs> for everything. But yeah, there's there's this kind of stuff, you know, first of all the licensing is insane and then you have all this yeah, I don't know, unwieldiness or whatever and you know, <clears throat> lots of strangenesses going on. But, you know, that's what's happening. Did I lose you again? We're experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway. Oh, goodness. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, Salesforce is creeping in and uh, probably going to kick a few devs out, but oh well. So be it. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I always hate when things like that happen, but then I think about, like this is a, a common kind of gripe people have about robotics, right? This idea that, but if you have robot 
like pool cleaners, then you won't be able to hire people who are po- who are pool cleaners because you'll be like, well, why would I hire you when I can have a robot? Um, but I like to think that what it really ultimately means, hopefully, is that that kind of improves everyone as a whole because then the people who are doing the like really annoying like gritty stuff that nobody liked can now move on to do something that's how i see it i mean we maybe there is this Uh you know saying or they're talking about oh yeah you can get training and become a salesforce developer i'm like yeah i don't think so (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah Mm, (laughs) so we'll see stay tuned yeah yeah (laughs) Anyway. But, uh, yeah, in other news, um, <laughs> Apple sales supposedly dropped by 13% in the second quarter due to iPhone sales slipping. My gosh. They only made, like, $50 billion versus, like, 58 last year. I mean, I, get, I know it's a, it's a oh, big deal, no. but, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so... <laughs> Every time I see like somebody made a billion something dollars, like even if they in only a made quarter. one billion dollars, that's a quarter. Yeah. Okay. So even if they only made one billion dollars, they could give me a million dollars, and they wouldn't even notice it yep. was gone. It's like point one percent. So if you're making fifty billion dollars <laughs> per quarter, again. Just, you know, sneak me a million dollars under the table. Yeah, I won't tell anyone. And, you know, you'll never notice. No one mm-hmm. will ever notice. It's not embezzlement. No. Nobody notices. And it goes for a good cause, right? Pizza for the rest of your life? <laughs> exactly. Pizza. And, I mean, let's be real. A, bill, a million dollars <laughs> just one pizza. I think it could fund some travel, yeah. too. <laughs> I mean, because travel yeah. expenses... Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was, you know, bound to happen sooner or later because you can't go up and up Mm -hmm. and up forever. But uh, I guess they talked about various reasons on why that's happening. I don't, I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. not a big deal in my opinion. I mean, to me, obviously, but uh, because I was thinking, yeah, they can't be going upward forever. But uh, investors aren't Mm -hmm. happy. I guess the stock lost like... 8% 8% or something like that in after hours trading. That's kind mm-hmm. of a big deal. <laughs> that yeah. is kind of a big deal. Especially if you're like planning on using that for like yeah. your retirement money. Yeah. That part sucks. But for the VCs, yeah. eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have opinions about mm-hmm. this at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope, no opinions. So what's happening in <laughs> California or um, other places? I so <laughs> maybe so maybe this is a sign. Maybe maybe Apple's uh, decrease in in profits is a sign that the bubble is finally going to burst. Hmm. That's what I'm hoping. Because I just got uh, my I, I I wanted to renew my lease on my house in here in California, and my landlord wanted to increase the price by five hundred dollars a month, which. For some people, that is their Holy monthly cow. rent. <laughs> For us, it's 15% uh-huh. of our monthly still. rent. But still, increase, getting an increased uh, rent bill of 15% Ugh. is unfathomable. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> so we're just kind of staring and trying to figure out what are we going to do? Because it's, it's just, it's infuriating. Like, I'm here and I like living here and I have a job that I like and my family is happy. And he'd probably get somebody and in there immediately, right? Oh, Even with more than... Oh, yeah. Someone would yeah. totally pay. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Exactly. Um, so, just like... Arr! Though, we have a friend who's a real estate agent in San Francisco. I, I live outside of San Francisco. Um, like San Francisco proper. But apparently within the city... So, there's actually an article. Oh, I can, I can link this in the show notes. But there's an article that says that uh, real estate agents are linking decreased rent prices in the city to Twitter's layoffs. So remember when Twitter laid off uh-huh. a whole bunch of people earlier this year? Well, people get laid off at Twitter. They realize they're not making as much money. Then they're like, you know what? Forget it. I'm leaving. And then with people not willing to pay the high rents, then the rents have to go down. And so like real estate agents are actually seeing rents are finally going down in San Francisco for the first time in like three or four years. And now by going down, I mean your average like one bedroom apartment is instead of being thirty five thousand or thirty five hundred dollars a month, it's only thirty two fifty. But <laughs> but still that's that's yeah. a decrease. Um, whereas before, if it was thirty five hundred, it would go up to you know four thousand mm-hmm. or whatever. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. I think like is the bubble bursting, and um, is it? I mean, arguably, is it even a bubble, or is it just? I mean, like I keep hearing rumors about VCs are being a little bit more picky about who they're funding. Um, people are having a little bit harder of a time finding a job if, I mean, I don't know what the qualification for why they're having a harder time finding a job, but there are a bunch of devs in the city who are like, I just got laid off and I don't know where to go get a job now, Um, which I think is interesting. Although I haven't seen that from any of my personal friends, uh, but I have heard about it on Twitter and, and through the grapevine. So I don't know. Really, I think I'm just hoping that it means that technology is finally getting more globally spread. I mean, it's always been globally spread, but I think people are finally realizing that they don't have to be in the Bay Area to do technology, that they can actually be literally anywhere else in the world and do very similar work and be probably a lot happier because their cost of living is going to be a lot lower. Um, The salary might not necessarily match uh, what one makes in the valley but but that's you have okay to spend it all on, when you're on paying housing and other things so <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah that's insane so jeez I, mean, I know it's so yeah. ridiculous <clears throat> so ridiculous so yeah, yeah. that's what's well going on. we'll see i guess i don't know i i it, it wouldn't hurt to have some sort of adjustment i mean that is just nuts you know mm-hmm. i guess if you yeah, if you're a couple, you'd almost have to both be in the tech industry making really good salaries to to be able to afford something halfway decent if you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to find something. So. Right. Well, I mean, if, if you have two people making uh, more than $100,000 a year, which I think, I think the average for a dev in the Bay Area is probably on the order 
Like if you're a, a middle of the road, like so, like a, a, a so not like a junior or a senior, but like just a regular. Yeah. I don't know that regular is the right word, but um, a normal if you're just, person. If you're a a classic, if you're a classic you dev who's got like you know four to five years of experience or so, you should be able to make about one twenty. Um, $120,000. So if you have two people at the exact same level <clears throat> who can kind of throw all their money together, then, you know, you could you could conceivably pay for an apartment that's $5,000 mm-hmm. a month. I'm not saying yeah. you should, but you could. <laughs> so, although apparently the big thing right now is um, married couples or like, like, uh, people who are in like long-term partnerships they will room they will like get a house with other couples so like you'll have let's say a four-bedroom house and four couples will all live in that house together so they can split the rent the rent eight ways to make it reasonable (laughs) enough to pay (laughs) and i'm like all right i have a husband and two dogs and you have roommates no i don't I already have roommates, thank you very much, and I do not yeah. want any more. <laughs> Two of my roommates don't even do the dishes, so no thanks. <laughs> wow. Ay, ay, ay. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, got? Um, I don't know, this is something, it has to do with uh, Inbox by Gmail. It's just a, a little blurb. Um, basically, they came out of the... Um, early adopter status, meaning that they are now actually officially supporting this product or this as a product. And uh, just some, some uh-huh. neat things I noticed in the last few days and weeks is they're, they're adding um, new little features. And it seems like, you know, they come from definitely observing what their users are doing and how they're using email. I mean, I think that's how they the whole thing started in the first place, you know, basically tons and tons of people sending themselves emails as reminders so they treat everything more as a as a as a task or an item and then of course you can specifically make um, reminders and what you can do now is um, you can if you for example copy a a url from your browser onto the clipboard and you switch over to inbox it automatically pops up an icon and basically lets you save that as a bookmark and um, you can also install like a Chrome extension to do the same thing. It's, it's basically functionality that other products, you know, had or have like Pocket and things like that. Um, but it lets mm-hmm. you do everything in one place, which I find kind of handy because I did that all the time anyway, because I want to be in one app for all this kind of stuff. So, you know, even like for this show, when I find something or I find a tweet, I copy the link to the tweet and put it in here. And now I can just copy the link and push one button and it's done um it's saved to to inbox so anyway that happened i thought that was so okay let's talk (laughs) about this for a second so you do realize that in order to give you this functionality what they had to do was read your email of course google knows everything (laughs) everybody's email (laughs) they read everybody's email and were like Wow, 32% of Joe's emails are just links. I wonder why that is. I bet it's because they, but I bet Joe is trying to uh, save these links for reading later. 
So maybe what we should do is instead of making them, you know, spend the huge amount of time to send themselves email, just make it so that they can just add the link and then we'll store it for them. Aha! Yes, that's right, Paisley. Well done. I know it's not creepy <laughs> I'm just at all, right? You know, the no, and, not and creepy. probably the thing that's at that's more all. sad is that I'm actually okay with it. You know, <laughs> it's like. Um, you know, uh, people like using DuckDuckGo and other things because they don't want Google to know what they're doing. And I'm just like, you know, I get enough convenience out of it that I don't care. And maybe this is naive and silly, probably is, um, that I don't care that Google knows everything I'm doing because it gives me, mm-hmm. you know, certain conveniences that make things simpler. And right now I'm like at a place where simpler is good, you know. <laughs> and I guess it comes with a price, yeah, of course, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. No, totally. Like, like, wow. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, and let's also be clear, right? They're not going out of their way to be like, I wonder what Henning needs. <laughs> like, they're just looking at some aggregate invisible yeah. person who's just like, well, the average user stores this many links and does this and does that. I mean, the next thing we know, it's going to be... I'm sure they're going to come with something else, like, uh, although I bet Inbox already does to-do lists, or like... Yeah, you can basically, not necessarily lists per se, but you set yourself um, reminders that you can, mm-hmm. you can make, you can make them go away by saying, you know, remind me again tomorrow or this evening or next week or whatever, <clears throat> and then they, they basically go out of your inbox or they, they're hidden and they pop back up. And you can do this with any item in Inbox, even with an email. If you don't want to deal with it now, just say, you know, come back tomorrow or something. Mm. You know. And it's all free. It is. Well, yes. I mean, for the price of your, of your, of your you know. Your soul. Yes, exactly. <laughs> for the low, low price of your soul, you can get all of this. Interesting. Because yeah. I was just thinking, like, I can do all those things with Slack, except I have to pay for it. $7 mm-hmm. a month. And of course, they're not looking at your stuff at all, right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> probably, probably that's probably not entirely true. I'm sure the product team <clears throat> is looking very carefully, or maybe maybe they're just doing user experience interviews. Let's right. let's pretend that that's what they're doing. Let's right. pretend that Slack is not an evil empire, because Slack yeah. is so nice and fun, and I that's like working. I, I like working with their product and. I don't know. Who knows? It could be. No, I mean, Google is is definitely a totally different story. I mean, I'm they're hooked into everything in in my on my desktop calendar, (laughs) email, maps, (laughs) search. It's true. Oh gosh, what Mm. am I doing? (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, Well, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. Hopefully. Well, we'll find out in thirty years when when yeah. Google, you know, sends everybody a notification that you did something that you didn't right. really need everybody to know about. It's like <laughs> Henning was last seen at uh, at the ice cream parlor ordering a bubblegum sundae <laughs> with hot fudge and rainbow sprinkles. In a Which cherry. is not what he normally orders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <fair>. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, one uh, other thing that uh, we've discussed several times, or actually Khalil talked about it a little bit, was TypeScript on uh, on the show. And I guess he's been 
experimenting with that. <clears throat> and uh, today on JavaScript Jabber, the show that came out today, they had uh, Anders uh, Heilsberg, who is um, a really, really interesting guy. He's on the um, uh, team for, for TypeScript. And he is, uh, well, I guess what you would call a veteran. He, he's been around for... 35 years, he says he's been doing, you know, software development for 35 years, and he's very, very big into compilers, and he actually uh, wrote or developed the the compiler that I first used, which is um, Pascal or Turbo Pascal, which back in the day was just badass fast. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and um, now he's working on the compiler for TypeScript, and it was just, you know, really really cool to hear his enthusiasm after you know being doing this for so long he was just totally nerding out about how awesome this stuff is and that you know the compiler compiles itself in two or three seconds you know and that's totally amazing and you know because he's the thing is written in typescript and it compiles itself and um just talking about how how basically typescript and the tooling behind it helps you in larger um JavaScript projects and how, you know, people maybe think of as a as a compiler is you run the whole thing, you you compile the whole project, but it's it's so much more now that uh, you need to support the tooling. Basically, you do this incremental and on the fly, always on compiling of whatever is in the in the editor right now in order to be able to give the user you know type hinting or, or code completion and this kind of stuff. And uh, it's really, really was a fun, a fun show to, to listen to just how how he's still into it so much. And um, that sort of brings me to the next thing. He's definitely over 40. And there was this really cool article um, on Medium about being a developer after 40. Mm-hmm. And that. that is by Adrian Kozmakcevsky. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> I think he's... Um, from what I gather, he's originally from Argentina, or at least that's where he had his first job. Right, but he has an, a Swiss email address, or had a Swiss email yeah, address. Yeah, he works. He seems to work there now. He seems to be in Switzerland. Oh, okay. Yeah, that because he gave this... This is actually a talk he gave okay. uh, in Switzerland a few weeks ago, and he wrote this out, the whole thing, as a, as a blog post, I mm-hmm. guess. And it's a, it's a really good read. It's a long read. It's almost 20 minutes, according to Medium. And... Um, he basically sets the whole thing up sort of, you know, talking about what um, was, you know, popular and what was happening in 1997, which is when he started programming. And then he goes through these 12 points of um, <clears throat> basically, you know, things that he would sort of recommend or things that you should do if you are starting out now or at any stage, basically. Mm-hmm. But um and these are also, it's very interesting as things that, you know, we have talked about at length, you know, the first thing sort of is, you know, forget the hype, um, mm-hmm. because basically stick to the fundamentals, everything changes all the time anyway, and whatever's hot and awesome now is not going to be that way in a few years, so, you know, don't uh, burn up your cycles trying to stay on top of all of that, and um yeah, so there's there's a whole whole bunch of uh, things he goes through, and then for me the most interesting thing or or the conclusion is basically saying that you know age doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what I wanted to talk about because 
It has been my experience. You know, um, the first job I ever had was at a at a company that used to be IBM, and um, had gone through a few you know takeovers or whatever. But but basically, that was a team. There was a team there that was extremely senior. Um, in every sense of the word. Um, a lot of the people there were easily in their 50s, you know, mid-50s, lots of gray hair there. Mm-hmm. And in it was the most amazing experience as far as having incredible mentors mm-hmm. and just being completely in awe and sort of, you know, set, set straight, I guess, about... Um, you know, me being very young at that, that time and uh, completely, you know, new to this, um, the the picture that people have in their mind about programmers or developers, you know, it's like 20-something kids that stay up all night and yada, yada, yada. And and these guys, they, they were extremely experienced and just sitting down with them would make your head spin. The stuff that they knew and could do and... And I think I've said this before, but, you know, with some of these guys, if, if I did some pairing, um, I would just, you know, try to remember one specific thing of that session and, and take it with me and try to internalize it and and uh, continue on <clears throat> using that myself. Um, so, you know, my experience has been extremely positive with these people and even comparing them maybe to to people that are not in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. being extremely sharp yeah. and um, being able to do things on a computer that people their age normally don't <laughs> because they, they don't know that stuff, right? And they're like total, you know, Unix nerds and can run circles around you and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But I was just curious, you know, probably from a hiring perspective, that would be... I don't know. Is that appreciated? Is that, you know, something that is is valued because, you know, gray hair and, um, yeah. Yeah. People, you see that they are older. Is that, in the tech industry, probably not something that is um, so great, right? Because also, they are probably also extremely expensive in terms of salary. Oh, yeah. Well, so, it's really interesting to me because, um, so... I think NPM as a as a company skews a little bit older than some other companies our age, if you will. (laughs) I mean, NPM as a company has only existed for a little over two years. So um, if you look at other two year old startups, they're not necessarily that much older. But there's definitely this idea, this like weird, like cultural phenomenon of like, oh, well, if you're old, then you probably don't know all the technology. And it's like. Are you kidding? <laughs> um, I I'm like you, Henning. I when I see somebody who has been doing this for as long as I've been alive, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just gape at them in awe. Like, yes, teach me everything you know. Like, let me eat your brain so that I can learn everything. Um, and but I think I think there are definitely some people who are like, uh, I don't know, old people. They don't want to like. I mean, and of course they're saying things like old people, right? Like. Right. If you're in your 40s, you're not actually old. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> being 40 is not old. <laughs> um, uh, being 104, that's old. I look to be 104 one right. day. Uh, but um, but like I think, I think because the stereotype is 
people in their 20s who eat ramen for dinner and spend all night hacking on some code uh, to like so they can pitch to the VC and become the next Zuck. Like, yeah, I think most of us who are over the age of 24 look at that and are like, man, I don't have time for that. I don't have a stomach for that. I don't, you know, like I don't have the eyesight for that. Like, I don't want to do that. And and I think that's a good thing. I really do. I think it's a good thing to step to like to say no. I'm not gonna push my body and my brain and like everything into this tiny idea. Uh, I would much rather have a little bit more of a well-rounded life. Um, but for reals, people who've been doing this as long as I've been alive, they know so much. Oh my goodness! And so I have a, a friend of mine. Um, he actually. So like he got laid off as part of some layoffs or whatever, and it happens, right? Like a company downsizes because they ran out of money or whatever. But he's brilliant, um, and but he's also in his fifties, and he went around looking for jobs. And there was a little bit of a period of like, yeah, not so much, because he wanted to play with something new. But then he met up with a previous co-founder of. Uh, or like a, a, a somebody who he used to work for, who was starting up a new company, and was like, "Oh, hey, do you know iOS?" And he was like, "No, but I can learn it." And it was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, cool." And I kid you not, he learned iOS in like three weeks because, as it says in the article, uh, I think I'm gonna, I'm totally gonna forget the exact words, but it's like. Uh, Nella Nova Sula Sola or something, uh, which is Latin for there's nothing new under the sun. Um, yeah. There's, <clears throat> once you know how, like, and we talk about this on the newbie channel in, in our Slack channel as well. Like, once you know a couple of languages, picking up new ones is not hard. The key to computer science and programming in general is understanding logic. Once you understand logic, the rest of it's just vocabulary. So, like, Somebody with 20 years of experience who has never played with iOS development before is going to pick it up in like a week because it's really not actually that much harder than, say, C sharp, C++, C. Like, like you know, like, yes, it's different. It's syntactically different. Before anybody comes in and starts to well actually me, yes, I know, they are syntactically different. But at the basest of levels understanding the basic logic and learning learning the differences between what you know is a lot easier than learning something brand new. Um, right. And then like, you know, six months after that, they were like, hey, we need you to build an Android app too. And he was like, okay. You know, and like a week later, like did that. And it's just like, dude has no problem learning anything he needs to know. Not a problem. So I, I think it's ridiculous that there's this idea that if you're older, you shouldn't be hired. I think, I think they're worth every single penny usually. Yeah, but that's just, unfortunately. I mean, I was um, like I said in this this company, and while I was there, it was it changed hands again, mm. and um, <clears throat> you know the bloodletting started when when the new company took over, and guess what? It was all the senior people that were let go, which is. Is nuts from a you know a, a knowledge standpoint, but from a business standpoint, those were the guys that were most expensive, you know. And uh, it, it's yeah, like from a from a developer or from looking at it from the bottom, I guess it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because I mean, 
you know, one of the the most senior people there. He was a CEC total wizard in in that. And I, to this day, think back at things he said and and how he would, you know, try to explain things to me. And I and I looked at his code and and I try to model my things to his because he had always immaculate you know comments and he didn't you know obviously say what the code was doing but he basically explained why it was doing what it was doing and um, things were just you know it looked nice it was readable and then you had this this other person that was um, way way younger and uh, in the eyes of management he was way more productive because he did more stuff and he you know produced more stuff but I was then forced to take over his code base when he left and guess what? It was a maintenance nightmare because he, his, his opinion was we don't need comments. Um, uh, code is self-documenting. You know, and, and yes, it, I can read the code and I can figure out what it's doing, but I don't know why it's doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, this, you know, it just was a sort of very, very eye-opening to me, um, you know, that age is <laughs> nothing... Um, to basically discard or, or say that people can't do stuff, mm-hmm. especially with computers. And I think there's this, like I said before, this this uh, stigma, I guess, that's attached to it. Older people don't know technology, and that's just not true mm-hmm. in these particular cases, or at least that was my experience. Yeah, definitely. My mom worked on a... Uh, it wasn't an ENIAC, but it was like one of those first uh, card uh, punch card computers... Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, whenever some people are like, "So your mom can't do this," and I'm like, "Actually, she can." <laughs> so you know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. So yeah, the the you know, remember age doesn't matter. I'm mm-hmm. I am curious how how valid that is in in the minds of people hiring, but uh, yeah. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's, you know, not every developer goes up the the ranks or the ladder or whatever you want to call it to become a lead or, or a, you know, a manager or something like that, that, you know, transitions out of code, right? There's tons right. and tons of people that uh, um, stay developers for their whole career. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think one of the first jobs I had, actually the first job I had out of college, that was one thing that I noticed was this idea that, at the company I was working at, and this wasn't necessarily specific to software, but it was in a lot of ways technology, engineering. Um, it was this notion of how do you differentiate somebody who wants to go in the manager track and somebody who doesn't? Because some people are, are really good managers and they should be in charge of people and can nurture them and can make them do amazing things. And some people have zero desire to have any part in any of that. They just want to come in, work on cool technology, get their job done and leave. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's fine. And I think it's I think it's perfectly appropriate to let people make that decision for themselves because um, I saw us too many times people were like, wow, you're an incredible engineer. Now we're going to reward you by making you stop engineering and be in charge of people, <laughs> which is exactly not what you yeah. want to do. But how else are we supposed to prove to you that we notice how wonderful you are? It's like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Make them into a level 9000 developer. <laughs> I don't know. Or engineer or whatever. Yeah. So... 
I think it's interesting. Yeah, the, the one point I've forgotten now, finally remembered, is that, you know, I guess younger people or, you know, when the, it's not fair to say either, but that aren't married and don't have responsibilities, in quotes, um, you can work them harder, right? You can work them longer, and they will probably be more willing to put in insane amounts of hours. And, I mean, I, I would never do that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no way. I got to be home at a specific time because I have responsibilities yeah. to other humans and, uh, you know, doesn't work, period. Yeah, I think I think to your point, though, I'm going to politely, ever so politely disagree a little bit, is simply okay. the um, there's been a story that's been created to romanticize this idea of being the young startup focused kid uh, and that in order to be successful, you need to work the long hours. And because you're younger, uh, you don't need as much sleep because you can recover faster. You don't need as much food because, again, you can kind of push your body a little bit harder. Um, and and it's been so romanticized that you want to be part of this success story. So you're willing to push yourself a little bit more because you haven't quite seen other parts of of life that might make you question that that story, and I think right. I think a lot of employers, especially in the Bay Area, take advantage of it. And I don't think anybody should be pushed that hard. I don't think anybody should be like told, "Hey, in order to be successful, you have to do this thing." But that is the story that our culture has created, and that's the thing that people are pushing themselves to meet. And I think that's a shame, a huge, huge shame. Yeah. And I, I think you and I agree on that point. Um, I'm just rephrasing it in a way that's like, I don't care if you're young, old, single, married, da 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 This is the story. And certain segments of the population are more likely to go along with the story because they haven't had enough experiences to learn to question that story. Whereas yep, I think those of us sense. who have had those experiences are like, <laughs> yeah, you want me to work till what time? <laughs> You're adorable. I'll see you tomorrow at nine. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like we we will not put up with that. Uh, but I've seen yeah. I've seen people get fired. I've seen people get fired because they're like, actually, no, I will not work until eleven p.m. Yeah, and they're like, well, you're not a team player. It's like, but that's an, that's another point in the story somewhere or in this this article, and uh, you know it's like if you're not if you're not happy, or if you're not treated well, you know mm-hmm. get the heck out of there yeah. because you should be able to find better employment or you know employment in a place that makes you happier. And and Jafar Hussein was also very very explicit about that, mm-hmm. uh, saying that you know it's totally um, there is no reason for you to stay in a place. Uh, that sucks. That's not making you happy because with your qualifications, you can go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So might not always, always work, but in general, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you do any kind of stargazing? Have we talked about my allergy to space yet? What? <laughs> You have an allergy to space. I'm allergic to space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so you goodness. you stay in a box all the time. <laughs> I just no. I mean, like, like I meant like like the stellar part of space. I mean, okay. not like the space around me, but like <laughs> like the solar system. Totally allergic. I will just so okay. 
What does that mean? <laughs> a little bit of backstory. Uh, when I was in middle school, I know I'm totally sidetracking your entire thing that you wanted no, no, to talk no. about. No, no, no. I need to know this. <laughs> okay. So uh, in middle school, uh, back in the day uh, before uh, one of these two theories was debunked, uh, there were two theories about uh, the expansion of the universe. Because it was, it was already proven that the universe was expanding. Uh, but they didn't know if, A, the universe would expand indefinitely, or B, if the universe would expand to a point and then collapse in on itself. Now, 12-year-old me is hearing this for the first time ever in her life. And oh she's like, wait, but if it if it expands forever, where does it expand to? Like, how does how does the space, how does three dimensions expand to more three dimensions if there isn't any more? I don't understand, right? Like, what's on the out, what's on the other side? Uh, and then and then the idea of the closed universe theory was like, but then how does it know when to stop? And then what's on the other side of that, right? And it was just like <laughs> my brain broke. It just completely yeah. broke. And so ever since then. Anytime somebody starts talking about space, and I feel so bad, I feel terrible. I, I think this is exactly, I mean, this is the same way that I feel whenever I walk into like uh, a Mexican or Vietnamese restaurant where they put cilantro all over everything. <laughs> I'm just like, I am so sorry, but I cannot engage with this. <laughs> like, oh man. So people start. So you're like, traumatized. I, I was completely traumatized. Like, yeah. so, like, my husband, every. Everyone I know loves space. And they're like, oh my goodness, we should do this and do that. And, da, 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 da. and I'm just like, I, I, you started saying something about solar and then I just stopped. I don't know. I think you kept talking, but my, like my brain will just shut off. It's like, like a robot, <laughs> like ran out of battery. It just goes. Doom. That's so interesting. <laughs> that, so I mean, sad. I had that. See, I had that. Maybe not, obviously not as traumatic as that, but I had that same kind of like, how on earth, or not on earth, <laughs> how how does this work, you know? Like yeah. totally cannot wrap my brain around it. It just does not work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, but to me, that was, that was like the absolute fascinating part about it. Yeah. I mean, there was this, I remember this, this book, you know, that I think it's like the Star Atlas or whatever, mm-hmm. but anyway, so... It has this little three-dimensional cube where, you know, Earth is in uh, or our solar system. And then it basically um, points to another um, box, basically, that is our galaxy and sort of shows you where in the galaxy our solar system is. And it just keeps going and going and going and going, right, Mm -hmm. over several pages. And I'm like, wow, this is totally insane, you know. So then I, you know, just came to the, like, I don't know agreed or, or figured out that okay this is just so big that you know you can't you can't wrap your head around it and that's fine um but anyway so that's that's really sad i'm, I'm sad that, uh, <laughs> i know that you're allergic to space I know. <laughs> it's so sad because like i i know like so a i've worked at nasa b i had to take an astronomy class <laughs> in college <laughs> oh no that must have been terrible it mood. was awful i was like i need to do a presentation about stars and i i can tell you that i did something about binary stars i think but i couldn't tell you anything about what it was about or like i think that was one of my worst grades in college because i just i couldn't my brain just would like i think it's something similar to like 
like there was just some sort of blindness in my brain to space. So when people start talking about it, I just, I, I don't even hear it. I don't even hear it. Like I know they're talking and I can hear them talking, but the words just go into my brain and out, like go in one ear and out the other. And I just, nothing retains. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm going to say a few things here and I'll, I'll check in with you in a minute. Okay? <laughs> yes, that sounds good. So talk about stargazing. Uh, no, I, actually, it's just um, Mars is, is coming up on uh, being closest to Earth uh, that it has been basically since 2005, which is a really cool thing because I remember where I was uh, when that happened last time and uh, actually went to a local um, uh, astronomy club, I guess, and they had a, a huge telescope out there for the public to to view Mars through, and it was really neat because you could see the ice caps and everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, I went there with my wife, and uh, that is happening again on May 30th. Um, so it's going to be now... I know you're not going to hear this, but it's going to be within 76 million kilometers of Earth. <laughs> Which is really close. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Something, yeah. something, something. Telescope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I see. So I have, I have gone sort of stargazing. And the only way to get mm-hmm. myself to like, like, pay attention is i'm like hey look there are fireflies many like they're like trapped in a big ink pool yeah and that's really cool they're very pretty well i think in california well where you are it's it's really hard to do that anyway because it it's, there's no dark skies right but you've been i think you said you were at big sur i don't yeah. know how far out yeah that is. big sur is it's a bit it's like three hours drive south from where we are mm-hmm. but it is there's nothing it is Absolutely. Wow. Like we saw the Milky Way. Yeah. It was super cool. That's awesome. See, I know the words. I know yeah, how to express you do. I was myself. Like surprised. Wait a minute. You watched, you saw the Milky Way? I saw way. the Milky Way. Well, because be, oh, the other thing is that I, I learned what the Milky Way was before middle school. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so that hasn't Mars, been erased from me. I've heard of Mars, yeah. right? Okay. You know, like, <laughs> I know that there are distances Aww. between planets, so it's going to be shorter than ever before, or than it has been since 2005. That's cool. Ice caps. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Man, Raquel has a space allergy. I know. Crazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just think of it as like cilantro. Just ignore it and be like, yeah, all right, okay. Raquel will just pick it out by hand. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know. I don't have anything more on my list. Did you have anything? Um, no. I'm, um, No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this wasn't very JavaScripty this time, but it uh, wasn't. I mean, yeah, I I was really really happy. Oh, I don't know if happy is the right word, but I did notice that someone else was like, "Oh my god, did you see that Jade changed their name to Pug? What is up with that?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, I heard you guys talk about that on the last yeah. episode." And I was like, "Yo, yeah. we talked about that last week. That's old <laughs> news. See, so there you go, reactive listeners. Now you know that you're getting the news here." Before well rounded, before other people, yeah. <laughs> not first, but before everyone else. Well, some other ones, maybe just that yeah. one person on Twitter, but it doesn't <clears throat> matter. You get the news sooner, <laughs> exactly because we are a news organization now. <laughs> no, we're not, <laughs> but 
But I mean, maybe maybe the pandas like to do JavaScript. In which case, Khalil will be back next week, and I'm sure we'll bring on lots of JavaScripty things. Um, Absolutely. You know, and you can tell us all about the pandas, and that'll be fantastic. Yep. And see if I should go into that, uh, go to that retreat to recharge my brain. <sighs> I would like to go hang out with a bunch of pandas. <laughs> maybe I, I might skip on the bamboo, but. Hmm. Totally you don't like bamboo either? I don't know. I don't know. I'd, okay, I'll try it. I should try it. But, you know. All right. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> I guess we could wrap this up then? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Do we have... So, did you... Do you guys... Um, you got caught up on the reviews, right? Uh, I think there was a new review since then. There's, um, there's two in the last two days. I was just wondering if you got the... Yes. The one from... Last Magalhini? week. Yes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So we got two new ones. Um, one is very lengthy and it's by mm, X. I don't know. It's about <laughs> 10 M's, capital M's and an X. And I think that's actually by, uh, what's his name? Mike Melg, I Ooh. believe because he did that twice. And anyway, he says, uh, Great conversational podcast. I listened to the first few episodes when the podcast first debuted, but it fell by the wayside when I started carpooling with somebody who preferred NPR. Hmm. <laughs> I guess we, we can't compete with NPR. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk They're like this They're definitely better time. produced than we are. I mean, like, like we, we could be like NPR, but then we'd have to talk all the time like this. Oh, yeah. 100% of the that. time. No, no, ex- no excitement ever. All the time. Yeah. Here's the news. But you know that they are edited like there's no tomorrow. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. And actually, if you... We, we don't do that. We, yeah, we don't. No. Yeah. <laughs> Editing takes... <laughs> anyway. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I've since lost my carpool buddy. Oh, hey. sorry. You lost your <laughs> and carpool And gained buddy. three new voices to listen to as I made my way through the back catalog to present date. This might seem strange for a podcast that tends to be very topical, but there are still lots of great conversations that I'm glad I didn't miss. The show feels like a group of friends just talking about tech and wherever that naturally leads, such as the mighty Quaka or the geometric architecture of wombats. The hosts all feel very knowledgeable and approachable. If I ever find myself in a conference with one of them, I'd love to talk tech. Thanks for putting on a great podcast. I really enjoy the honest discussion about everything from Git branching models to the amount of thought that NPM puts into place around hiring its or around its hiring policies. Well, thank you, um, X. Yeah, that was very nice. You're awesome. Yes. And then we got one more by Ander Konzen out of. Great Britain. No, Brazil, I, I guess. Oh. BR is Brazil, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Love it. Five stars. Congrats. Very interesting podcast about not so random stuff related to computers and nerdy things. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Did you hear that? We're nerds. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I'm not Yes. And I, I have to say again to everyone who worked on. Uh, fido.surge.sh basically the web version of fido wow it's beautiful and it's awesome and i shall never use anything else again <laughs> certainly not the command line that sooner <laughs> <laughs> yeah Aww. i don't think so it's all good it's all good yeah and hello to all of the uh the the new listeners who are coming in from 
the changelog, who uh, we've had a few of you join our Slack chat. Uh, you can find the link to that in our show notes, which is at reactive.audio. But it's been really awesome uh, finding more people who are just kind of interested in hearing a little bit of, you know, back and forth banter with the occasional bit of technology, maybe more than occasional. Okay, occasional bit of cute animal, whatever. <laughs> Come to hear us <laughs> chat every week. And uh, it's it's really awesome to have you join us. So indeed welcome and that that was a really awesome interview by the way that was very very good <laughs> yay yeah all right and, uh, um, we have yeah, some new people find... in the select... oh yes yes sorry Who's go ahead that? wait hold on I have to find find the list of people who've joined us uh, M.E. and Elan Elango and Anthony Young and Peter Benjamin so welcome and thanks for hanging out with us on the Slack channel. So you too could join us on, on our Slack org, um, you, which you, again, can find the link to it in the show notes at reactive.audio. Awesome. R- quick note on ME. Yes. It's really weird. Um, <clears throat> so that's actually serious manual. Oh, cool. When you, but, but it's strange. When you click on the name in Slack, since you're the Slack expert, you can tell me what's going on here. So you see in in the very in the regular conversation thread you see serious manual but when you click on the name to look at the profile it says ME. Oh, that's probably because they put in that as their first and last name. Ah, uh, okay. So like if you were to click on serious somebody else you'd see like instead of their user handle their or their handle you'd see like their actual name. Maybe. Gotcha. Okay. So sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. And um, um, anything else we want to... Go ahead. Um, yeah, you can... Where can people find you? Um, I mean, the best place to find me is in our Slack group, let's be real. But you can also, I guess, find me on Twitter. I'm Rockbot. Not to be confused with Get Rockbot, which is a musical service that hangs out in bars. <laughs> I don't really provide any musical services and I don't hang out in bars (laughs) but sometimes I get tweets meant for Get Rockbot instead and they are really hilarious hilarious because they're like okay Rockbot I guess you really are cool and I'm like thanks (laughs) (laughs) and then I retweet it and people are like that's really funny yeah that is hilarious but yeah so all right. Well, I'm H. Glattergotts on Twitter, and um, yeah, I'm not there much lately. I'm also not much in our Slack channel, unfortunately. I do um, read what's going on every now and then, but uh, due to reasons that were mentioned earlier, <laughs> I can't at the moment. So um, I'll be back someday, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can always find uh, Khalil, who, again, pandas, whatever. Uh, he's uh, at Khalil Tweets on Twitter. So, um, and, and you can always reach all of us at uh, ReactivePod, uh, which is our Twitter account for the podcast itself. Um, but I don't think we really say much via that, that Twitter handle. Yeah, it's sort of show announcements and yeah. retweets of nice things people say about us. Right. So. We don't retweet anything mean. So, nope. I mean, just don't even bother. Don't bother saying anything mean because you're not going to get any retweet 
we're not going to acknowledge it or exactly. anything. So let's be nice and play, play nice and be friendly. Okay. And with that, we'll chat next week. All right. Okay. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.